This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Things are happening. Slowly but surely, things are returning to some semblance of what will look like for the next at least foreseeable future the normality when it comes to yep. sport. And we're now going to speak to a very good friend of the show, mm. someone that we've had on this show numerous times, Chris, and a man who has a special insight into what's going on Absolutely. here in the UAE as sports galvanise themselves for a return. Yeah, CEO of Abu Dhabi Cricket, advisor as well to Abu Dhabi Sports Council, a very good friend of the show and a man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to whether that be establishments, whether it be events. He has worked in an awful lot of them. He's been over in this part of the world for a long time now. We say a very good evening to Mr Matthew Boucher. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Robbie. We've been missing you guys. Yeah, we've been missing. We've just been missing sport in general, Matt. (laughs) Can you imagine what Chris has been like, Matt, honestly? (laughs) He's been absolutely intolerable these last three months. Yeah. How um, how has it been, missing sport? Like, generally for the both of you? Not, uh, not good, well, honestly. Well, I, I think... I think, honestly speaking, Chris has missed it more than I have. Uh, I've missed it, don't get me wrong, but but Chris has been often found halfway up a wall yeah. uh, because yeah. uh, he's missed it that we're, much. We're he, ce- he celebrated yes. the Bundesliga return like it was Manchester United taking part in the Champions League final. Um, but, of course, you know... <laughs> We, we, we also realise, we also, it also puts things in perspective as well. And, uh, you know, it's just been, a, I think, a very kind of um, contemplative time for all of us. What about yourself? Talk to us about what, what you've been going through these last couple of months, Matt, because as someone who has been such a, you've been at the heart of sport, certainly in the UAE capital, for, well, over a decade now. How has it been dealing with all that's been going on over the last couple of months? Well, it's an overused word, isn't it now? Unprecedented, but it's certainly been different. And that's going back to uh, UAE tour, really, in um, Q1 with February, when when really it all arose here with the cancellation of the final stage of the tour and the Sports Council reacting to that cancellation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the Q1 event season um, was pretty much postponed, um, if not cancelled. And, you know, from our perspective, February, March, April, they're sort of peak shoulder periods for Abu Dhabi cricket and, and, and really Abu Dhabi sport, inbound tourism in general. Um, so we, we took a big financial hit in those months, cancellation of UK counties. We had sort of 35, 40 schools coming around the world, uh, each of those driving primary revenue and also you know, hotel room nights inbound on Etihad and secondary spend in restaurants. So uh, certainly that little window there, February, March, April, that definitely hurt us. Uh, re-evaluated ourselves and then just like uh, a football manager I suppose when they return into the season we, we've used the rest of this time really well so yeah just just having people focused and not events around we've done all the governance work that we should have done two years ago we've got all the procurement policies in place now that again another snappy digital digital transformation we've done all of that uh, we're not there yet but we've used these last few months wisely um, and I think just uh, again with any sort of lockdown we just can't wait to get going now so I think the green shoots are there uh, just recently, uh, government directives uh, an- announcing that sports facilities can uh, look to reopen. So the, even the last 72 hours, it's a very, uh, very up phone call, really. So, you know, we've had the permission to um, submit to reopen uh, from Abu Dhabi Sports Council. They've done their work. I suppose stage one is the Sports Council with all their government partners and stakeholders, uh, ensuring that their submission and their guidelines for all the clubs and uh, to reopen is approved centrally by government. We received that uh, at the beginning of the week. So therefore, the guidelines are in place, the 25 points that we have to adhere to to reopen. Uh, we've done our huge documentation to respond to that inspection today and literally pleased about half an hour ago to um, 
to receive the uh, certificate to reopen from Abu Dhabi Sports Council. So we will reopen in line with stage one. Uh, obviously, we can't have sailing at our multi-sport cricket facility, but we've, uh, we've put up some tennis courts in the stadium. Uh, we've put up some tracks around some of our ovals, some walking tracks, some running tracks. And um, we're looking forward to restarting cricket, right? All with social distancing, all with the caveats. And then here we are, right? We can, we can get outside and we can get playing again. Absolutely. And that's first and foremost. That will be putting pep into many people's steps there. The fact that they can get out and they can get active again. In terms of yep. your kind of planning and, and with these reopening procedures, Matt, maybe talk us through them. And, you know, what are you, I guess, looking into the future? What is the new reality now, is that very much just wait and see with regards to what this will shake out in the wash? Or do you have an idea of kind of what this will mean in the short to medium term? I, I think obviously we're all learning, but we know the Sports Council are going to open in three stages. Um, stage one is where we're currently at. Um, stage one is for 12 year olds and above to 60 year olds. It won't be for under 12. We know we can open with cricket. We know we can be creative with the other sports that are included in stage one. And then, you know, we've answered so many questions in the last week about what's next and when can football restart, when can we tackle, when can we do touch rugby, when can we do skill sessions. But with all of that down the line, if everybody's responsibly opening as stage one uh, with the correct social distancing in place, correct sport council rules, and then, uh, Chris and Robbie, obviously then you have to play the sport in line with the Emirate directive. So, yes, we can open now, and our asset owner is the Abu Dhabi Sports Council, but we now have to open and play cricket in accordance with the Emirates Cricket Board guidelines. So it's very important that, that there's two distinguishments. Even though we're open, we're only open for a set amount of sports. And once we open, we then need the federation approval. So it's up to us to now reopen and make sure that we know that the Tennis Federation has approved the reopening of tennis. So we've built some tennis courts in the last week. Uh, we know the Emirates Cricket Board has given the green light to cricket restarting so we can proceed with playing cricket in accordance with all those rules. So... It's very important, I think, for everybody to understand that firstly, as an asset owner, we have permission to reopen. The Sports Council has given us permission to reopen, pending all the paperwork that we've now submitted, but we can only play the sport with the Federation approval. So we can't do any football, we can't do any sports that might be a part of Stage 2 and Stage 3. So with regards to those stages, that is, um, that's if we all perform Stage 1 perfectly and we all are in accordance with the guidelines, then the continuation of the reopening will happen so uh, i mean what is the new norm it's a good question right and i think everyone's asking the same thing and mm. we, we, we've seen it um we've seen it you know we're into stage two now the premier league uh reopening yeah. that this is going to be more interesting than stage one isn't it i think stage one for the premier league is and all international leagues is actually fairly straightforward right with distance training of four people at carrington training ground i mean that's all that's all we can see that we can visualize that but where we go into q4 with international events uh, my personal perspective is that um, you know, I think the new norm is absolutely going to be minimum crowds and it's going to be uh, empty stadia and creative. You saw some great stuff, didn't we? I think it was from Denmark over the weekend yeah. with all the fans on Zoom and the stadium. So I think we're all going to have to adjust ourselves from a successful vent metric being capacity of stadiums to actually how are we going to get creative from the entertainment perspective and how are we going to engage our fans and collect their data and return to the fans better than we have done before. 
Well, you've kind of answered my what was going to be my final question, Matt. But in terms of, and obviously, I'm I'm looking maybe getting ahead of myself, but to the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, which is traditionally held yeah. in January, it's become such an integral a society event as well, like a a social event in the calendar that is obviously not going to. We would imagine at this stage of the year not going to be able to perform those functions when it's held in 2021. But all the great work you've done with Abu Dhabi cricket. Is, is there an imperative to host these international events come what may? Or is it something that you have to take stock of if you cannot, you know, give, give people an opportunity to, to enjoy them in, in the sort of normal way that they would be able to? Well, I think we opened up our conversation tonight with, with what have we missed? And all three of us have missed watching sport. Right? I think we miss watching it more than we miss attending it on a day-to-day basis. Unless you're Chris, of course, and you're going to 15 sports events every week. But not many people can do that. So, you know, the, the actual value of the broadcast is as important as it ever was, if not more so. So, you know, when we're looking at Formula One, when we're looking at Premier League, they're all, uh, quote, unquote, rushing to finish the current season, right? Broadcast satisfaction and making sure those contracts remain in place and there's no refunds down the line. I think when we're looking at Q4, and Q1 2021, Abu Dhabi HSBC, as you rightly referred to, Robbie, I think, I think we have the luxury of a little bit more planning. And the value of those events without crowds will still be there for the broadcast. So, you know, we still want to transmit Abu Dhabi to the rest of the world via a golf broadcast in January. We might only have a certain amount of spectators, but we don't have to make that decision quite yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens now with the you know, European Tours UK swing. Uh, they've obviously moved DP World to the second week of December now, and you know Keith and Keith and all the guys that we love at the European Tour, they've now said, right, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna take quarantine and borders out of the consideration, run six events in the UK. Uh, I'm sure they've uh, contributed to the financial funding of those events as well. So good on the European Tour. We're all gonna learn, aren't we, in the next few mm. weeks and months how it looks? How how is that England Test match gonna look on July the 8th against the West Indies? And, you know, Pakistan touring in July. So we have a little bit of a luxury, I suppose, when we're looking at Q4 events. Is good. We're going to learn a lot this summer yeah. about all the sports that we've come to love. Um, and the expectation just needs to, uh, we, we need to change our models. I'm sure everybody's thinking about their business models. Uh, we've got, you know, for instance, ICC World T20 taking place, well, October, November. That business model is very based on, I imagine, tickets and hospitality revenue. That will now have to change if Cricket Australia can't host that event to the maximum spectator and hospitality capacity. So everybody's sort of re-looking and re-evaluating on where they are. But don't lose hope yet for January no. 2021, Robbie. No, certainly won't. And listen, absolute if pleasure we, catching up with you. If you, we can you, get the players in safely, then uh, that's you never it. Know. Well, we heard from Matt Boucher, Chief of Abu Dhabi Cricket. Let's now turn our attention, if we can, to golf. And we're going to speak to a very good friend of the show, a rising star of the European Tour, a man we've had on this programme on a couple of occasions already. He finished and he actually won the Challenge Tour Road to Ras Al Khaimah Grand Final on the Challenge Tour back in 2018. He's been on an upward trajectory ever since, Chris. Uh, he finished third, a tie for third, at the Amiga Dubai Desert Classic at Emirates Golf Club a little earlier this year. It's our, good friend, it's our good friend Adri Arnaus. We can say a very good afternoon, I guess, to you, Adri. Now, how are you? Yes, indeed. Afternoon here. Good evening over there, Ravi and Chris. How are you guys? Really good, Adri. It's great to hear from you. It's great to have you on the show again. I've been following your progress on social media. It looks like you've been getting out and hitting some shots of late. How is the golf game after this little wee break? That's right, yeah. I mean, really, really happy to get out there on the course and 
get some games going. That's what I miss the most, to be able to play with some people. And the game, obviously, was a bit rusty at the beginning, but it uh, didn't take much time to, to start feeling like I was in shape again, making some birdies. And, and at the end, it's just, uh, as I said, no, enjoying it a lot out there and um, doing what we love and not taking it for granted, that's for sure. Absolutely, Adri. Listen, lovely to hear your voice. And I've got to get your thoughts. Big news over the past week, Adri. A revamped European tour schedule. That includes a six-event UK swing. That starts over at the British Masters, Celtic Manor, July 22nd through to the 25th. We've seen the rejigging of the DP World Tour Championship over in this part of the world. It will now take place a month later, December 10th through to the 13th. Your thoughts on it? Are you happy with what the power brokers have done with the schedule? Yeah, honestly, I'm really, really pleased of what they did because uh, there was a point that I thought that we wouldn't be back up until uh, September, but uh, obviously they've done a really, really good job to figure out a way that we can come back and play early. And and then uh, we, we kind of uh, thought that they were going to extend uh, the season, since there has been many, many tournaments cancelled or postponed, to try to fit them all. So I think they did a really good job and taking into account that uh, it's going to be really tricky to go across Europe. So, so yeah, starting in a six-week uh, stretch in England, I think that's a good way to do it. Great courses going to be played and hopefully some good weather and good golf as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know Keith Pelly, Adri, was saying that the diversity with which the European Tour is so proud has actually, funnily enough, presented more of a challenge with all the travel that you guys do across the year on a normal regular season. But one thing that Keith also said, and I want to get your take on this, because he's been yeah. talking about with the tournaments being held with no spectators to enrich the experience of the television viewers miking the players up to have every tournament player miked up so that when they're talking with their caddies, when they're talking to the ball, as I know you guys do a lot of as well, then that's all caught on mm-hmm. microphone. Is that something you're, you'd are you be on board with? Are you keen on that idea? Well, yeah, as you were saying, it's very tricky for us to, to go across Europe and I think uh, hopefully we can manage to, to be able to do that. But uh, obviously with no spectators, it's going to be... Uh, much much different and uh, I don't know if that's going to happen but uh, if somebody's going to do it uh, to to mic the players up I think it has to be the European Tour we've been the most innovative uh, tour in the world I would say always trying to uh, get a think outside the box and and yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we do it um, whether I like it or not uh, I'm not so sure um, I think, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of getting comfortable, maybe watching out what you're saying as well. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, just uh, have fun with it, right? So, probably one yeah, or two, why not? I, I could see it. Probably one or two guys on tour who like to maybe drop the occasional swear word <laughs> who would not be thankful for it, Adri. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, but that's not my case. So, yeah, at least uh, it, it could be fun, yeah. Adri, can I ask, we, we've seen today that uh, three West Indies players in the world of cricket, they have decided not to travel. They have made the decision that they, they just don't feel comfortable making the trip over to England for their three-match uh, yeah. test series. I know you're a young man. I, I know family is, is still some way off for yourself, but would you be be comfortable with the current situation as it is will you mm. be comfortable flying around Europe to play golf at this moment in time 
Um, yeah, as you said, it's, it's a critical point whether you have family, uh, kids, or maybe uh, old people in your house. So that's a really uh, tough decision to make. I know, for instance, um, Rafa Scadi is not traveling to the U.S. at this moment because of that. Uh, it's just a tough decision. But in my case, um, I think I'm comfortable with it. I'm honestly super excited to get back to competition. And yeah, I'm even trying to go to America to play some qualifying before that Europe stretch starts. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm really just so excited to to get out there and and, and yeah, I take all the preventions and all the um, ways of not getting infected by the virus. But at the end, uh, I feel like everything can be done anyway. It's a strange question, I suppose, Adri, but in terms of what you've missed the most, because I guess your entire life, really, or, or at least most of it, has been dedicated to the game of golf. And you've been on this amazing upward trajectory that's seen you come through the Challenge Tour ranks, seen you do extremely well there. You took that first season on the European Tour last year in your stride as well. Looks like you're going to be doing even better when competition is resumed. And I'm sure a first win on the European Tour is very close for you. Is it competing that you've missed? Is is it, is it seeing guys on the European tour? Is it that those competitive juices firing? Is it just getting out there and playing golf and shooting as low a score as you can? What have you missed the most about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's been long two months because uh, I came back from Qatar and I, I didn't play so good in that event and I wanted to practice. But then I realized that what gets me fired up is is, is the, the the competition, the the playing with people and, and getting out there and just seeing who shoots the lowest. And it's funny because today I went out on the course and played 18 holes with some of my friends. And just for you to get an image, we were five in the group, so we all want to play. And, and, and yeah, we were commenting on it. And I was saying, what I miss the most is to play with people, to, to get a game going and obviously trying to be there on Sundays uh, competing for the tournament. That That's uh, what I would say I miss the most. But uh, a game with the friends uh, never gets old, that's for sure. Last one from me, Adri. I'm being a bit of a, a nosy beggar at this moment in time. But, you know, we've all been <laughs> doing different it. things. Robbie's been working on his six-pack. There's a few out there <laughs> no. that have been working on languages, etc. Have you done anything? Netflix, has it been watched? Or have you turned to learning a new language, perhaps learned a new skill? What have you been doing? Well, yeah, I guess you, you, you touched on a couple there. I have worked on, on many things, obviously trying to keep uh, somehow my golf in shape. But uh, as, as we all know, golf is not only a matter of a skill anymore. you got to get your body going. And I did get fitter, I would say, uh, over this quarantine, which is good. And that's going to allow me to to go fresh on, that, on those tournaments. But uh, after that, I, I also try to learn a few things and got into Buddhism, which uh, I found really interesting. I know Tiger is really into it and uh, heard really interesting things. Read um, more than Netflix. So, yeah, I, I got into a little bit of personal growing. I think the mental side is uh, what we can work the most over these days. So, so yeah, did uh, a lot of that. And uh, can't forget, uh, I became a little bit of a chef. <laughs> nice. Listen, that is one of many reasons why you are on the European tour, Adri, and we are sat here in this studio. But listen, we can't wait to see you back in action. It's always great to chat to you. 
We do thank you for sparing your time as well to chat to us here on Dubai 103.8. Adri, I know you, you have a lot of time for the UAE and you, have, you spend a lot of time here. We're looking forward to seeing you back here as well. And also oh, in December for the DP World Tour Championship. So listen, best of luck as we prepare to return to competition. We'll be following your progress closely and we look forward to catching up with you again very soon, okay? Appreciate it. Hope to see you guys soon. And yeah, take care, everyone, please. One of the rising stars of the European Tour, Adrian Aus. What guy. an absolute gentleman. Yeah, he's a gentleman. As well. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.